devotional first. We're going to start off with a short prayer. Father, great I am. We ask Jesus that you bless us with your anointing, with your holy anointing. That you well up your Holy Spirit inside of our hearts, Father. That when we hear your word, that we hear the scriptures that are specifically for us, Father. That it invigorates us, that it excites us, Father. That you give us understanding and wisdom in the holy name of Jesus. To give us wisdom, to give us that revelation and that breakthrough, Father. For where you have inserted silence, for where you have inserted what seems like emptiness, Father, you, you bless and you fill with holiness, Father. And you fill us up with that holiness as we delve into your word, as we delve into your, your servant on the mount. In the holy name of Jesus, we wish to thank you with so much gratitude for what you have done for us, for what you are teaching us, for what you are giving us, for it is the, the greatest gift, Father. As we look forward to your kingdom, your heavenly kingdom and your new heaven and your new earth and we look forward to your healing and your coming father in the holy name of jesus we wish to thank you jesus for all that you do and we say hallelujah amen in the holy name of jesus and i have to find a, a pen here because he, he actually god actually pointed me to one last scripture just now to add to the sermon And it's a very great point because in this sermon um, we're speaking about how to treat others, doing to others as you would have them do unto you. And so it's um it's very interesting. You know some of the scriptures that he pointed me to. But um, give me one second because I just have to write this down. This very last scripture that he pointed me to. So that I can remember this. Um, let me get to this. This is at the very end. 31. Okay. And so. It's very interesting because. On the last sermon we were reading about. A little bit about this inside of um, a slightly different subject. In the whole Sermon on the Mount, we're, we're dealing with a certain level of compassion that we have to have for each other, a certain level of compassion that we have to have for others, and even, you know, treating our enemies, well, we, who we deem our enemies, with a certain level of compassion that we would think that we would um, want from them. Um, if we were understood, if we were going through certain things. And so, um, we were in, in the last term, we were asked, we were going through uh, ask, search, and ask, ask, search, and knock. Ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. And so, um, these, um, this is uh, um, like a key. I look at um, the golden rule like a key. Do to others as you would have them do. To you, and so, and it's 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 short. It says Matthew seven, verse twelve, and everything do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law 
and the prophets. And so basically Jesus is saying this is one of the most important things to remember when it comes to following his commandments. And you can you can feel it when when you're you are uh, blessed and anointed with the Holy Spirit. And you can feel um, when you have um, wronged somebody, or or when you feel that you have to um, make up for something you might have done. You know, of course, we can't um, satisfy everyone, but when we know that that we have tried our hardest to treat other people the way that we want to be treated, God sees that. And he will reward us reward us for that. And so in the very first scripture that he pointed me to was oh, I'm just in scripture because in John um, thirteen thirty one, um, this speaks about um Jesus and it talks about the new commandment and it goes a little bit further into this um, this whole idea of treating each other um, the way that you would want to be treated and so he talks about um, in this scripture he talks about loving one another that we must love one another that um, as a church as a body as um, as um, parents and children as society we must love one another and that trickles down to um, when we're talking about um, our leaders, when we're talking about um, government uh, figures, when it comes to, it, it, it reflects, the church reflects all of these things. The, 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 um, the way that the church works is supposed, to, is supposed to reflect these things. And of course, things have gotten out of order in the world, but it's supposed to reflect. So in John 13, 31, Jesus says, it's called the new commandment. He says, when he had gone out, Jesus said, now the son of man has been glorified and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once because Jesus is God. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so that right there is the greatest example, giving the greatest example to walk and for others to see that, that, that love that we have for one another as, um, as disciples, as apostles, as um, ministers. Um, when we testify and we, we love each other, we love to hear, we have this... Um, this camaraderie we have this this um, fellowship you know and we're supposed to love each other through that and so that again that trickles down to the rest of society them seeing that this example of us loving one another treating each other the way that we want it we want to be treated and so we exude that love through the Holy Spirit through Jesus's example and when you look at that 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 whole walk, the that that um that walk, um, dripped and overflowed with that love for one another. And so as we continue to look at that example, 
we can see um, what many great things can come out of that. In the, in the last scripture, um, we read about, in the last sermon, we read about how the disciples shared all that they had. They shared all that they had. Actually, this is the, um, the scripture before we were talking about profaning the holy, where the disciples shared all that they had with each other. They sold um, everything they had to um, just as Jesus said, and they and, but they shared the proceeds with everybody so that they could um, walk and preach and testify and go out into the world and do what they had to do without anything stopping them. And so this is the same thing what it says to love one another. Love one another one another just as I have loved you. And um when also when we go um forward in the scripture when Paul says that Jesus um we must love each other just just the, the same um we must we must love each other and love our, our wives and, and wives to their husbands just as um Jesus so loved the church and, and, and more so um when it comes to the husband loving the wives. And so when we go back to another scripture that that God pointed me to. It's in 1 Samuel 21 1 through 19. And this is um this particular scripture um actually I'm I'm skipping up a little bit. Actually 1 Samuel 19 1 through 17. 1 Samuel 19 1 through 17 it's a story about David and Jonathan the son of Saul and so it says Saul spoke with his son Jonathan and with all his servants about killing David and remember remember Saul was um, vigorously trying to kill David he had just married his um, his daughter and he had just escaped and, and, and ran off and so he was looking he was just starting to look for David and so they, they had this dinner Saul had this dinner this one of these feast days, and he was speaking to his son Jonathan. It says, Saul spoke with his son Jonathan and with all his servants about killing David. But Saul's son Jonathan took great delight in David. Jonathan told David, My father Saul is trying to kill you. Therefore, be on guard tomorrow morning. Stay in a secret place and hide yourself. I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are and I will speak to my father about you if I learn anything I will tell you Jonathan spoke well of David to his father Saul saying to him the king should not sin against his servant David because he has not sinned against you and because his deeds have been of good service to you for he took his life in his hand when he attacked the Philistine and the Lord brought about a great victory for all Israel you saw it and rejoiced why then will you sin against an innocent person by killing David without cause? Saul heeded the voice of Jonathan. Saul swore, as the Lord lives, he shall not be put to death. So Jonathan called David and related all these things to him. Jonathan then brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as before. So, you know, um, right before this, he had actually um, threw, this, threw a spear um, at David as he was trying to um, to help him heal by playing him a song. And so we see this, this story of Jonathan pleading with his father, you know, how, why are you um, trying to kill someone? Has just nothing, has done nothing to you, has not sinned against you, you know? And, and so 
he's sticking up for David. He's treating David the way he would want to be treated. He he would want somebody to stick up for him, to to plead his his cause, to plead his case, to 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 really speak um the words of um common sense and love into his father's ear to to get him from from doing wrong and ultimately sinning. We know the story of Saul. He he he, he sins so much um through anger of of and jealousy of who David um was and 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 became. And so the next scripture that he led me to was a little bit further up. Once this, this heats up a little bit, this whole conflict between David and Saul heats up a little bit more. And he's still pursuing David. And David um, flees to um, a, a near part of um, Jerusalem and, and, and right outside of Jerusalem and um, goes to a temple and speaks to this priest. And this is in 1 Samuel 21, 1 through 9. And it says that... David came to Nob, okay, to, to Nob, this was the place, this was the area that, that, um, that he fled to, to the priest Ahimelech, this is the name of the priest, Ahimelech came trembling to meet David and said to him, why are you alone and no one with you? David said to the priest Ahimelech, the king has charged me with a matter and said to me, no one must know anything of the matter about which I send you and with which I have charged you. I have made an appointment with the young men for such and such a place. Now then, what have you at hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever is here. So he's, he's you know, he's he's been out in the wilderness for quite some time. They're starving. They're tired. They're, they're really, really hungry. So he's saying, you know, he's asking them, no, whatever you have, whatever you have. Okay. Um, now then, what have you at hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever is here. The priest answered David, I have no ordinary bread at hand, only holy bread. Provided that the young men have kept themselves from women. David answered the priest, Indeed, women have been kept from us as always when I go on an expedition. The vessels of the young men are holy even when it is a common journey. How much more today will their vessels be holy? So the priest gave him the holy bread, for there was no bread there except the bread of the presence, which is removed from before the Lord to be replaced by hot bread on the day when it is taken away. And so this, this bread was sacred. This is the bread that was set um, on a table inside of the um, the tabernacle area um, um, opposite the, the Ark of the Covenant. And so this was only um, for priests to, to, to take in and eat for the um for the Levites to take in and eat, and so it was a very sacred thing. But for his um, compassion, Ahimelech's compassion, and his 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 um, he wanted to help David. He wanted he had so much compassion in his heart, so much love in his heart, and he knew that he had to do right by God to help David. And he had he had faith in in, in who he was, that he um, he helped him. He gave him the bread. Now it says. Um, now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord. His name was Doeg the Edomite, the chief of Saul's shepherds. So even in this um, this instance, you know, they thought that they were, um, and he knew he was taking a risk when he did his too. Because Saul is the king. So he, he has people everywhere. He has eyes everywhere. He's the, he's the king. And so um, one of his um, servants saw this exchange that they had 
And it says, David said to Ahimelech, Is there no spear or sword here with you? I did not bring my sword or my weapons with me because the king's business required haste. The priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine whom you killed in the valley of Elah is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take that, take it, for there is none here except that one. David said, There was none like it. Give it to me. And so he gave him the, um, the giant that he killed, that David killed. Um, I guess I could say a, a year or two, a couple of years earlier, and gave him. Also had compassion, and 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 seen you know what was what was what was going on with David, and that he was he was struggling. He was struggling and 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 trembling and unsure. You know his, but you know even in that his faith was not shaken. But he still he gave him the bread. Even after he gave him the bread, he knew he needed more. He asked for more. And he, he gave him Goliath's sword, which was behind um, and near the altar area. And so he treated him the way he would want to be treated. These are examples. These are, are, are great examples of this. And so when we go um, just a little bit further up, um, 1 Samuel 20... 20 22 okay so when Saul came um, and found this out when this this servant went to go tell Saul um, what happened Saul got very angry and he um, just, um, he killed he slaughtered all of the priests that were there including including Ahimelech and he killed all of them and one of Ahimelech's sons fled and came to David and this is in First uh, Samuel 22, just a little bit further up, starting at line 20, and it goes through 23. It says, But one of the sons of Ahimelech, son of Ahitub, named Abiathar, escaped and fled after David. Abiathar told David that Saul had killed the priest of the Lord. David said to Abiathar, I knew on that day when Doeg the Edomite was there, that he would surely tell Saul, I am responsible for the lives of all your father's house. Stay with me and do not be afraid, for the one who seeks my life seeks your life. You will be safe with me. We said that, so he said, the one who seeks my life seeks your life. Treat each other the way that you want to be treated. And, and what does Jesus say? He says that I give you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. Everyone will know that you are my disciples. And, and, and David was walking in this, this, this similar um, example of this by taking that responsibility on himself and saying he's going to, he's going to, um, protect Ahitub, he's gonna protect him because he knew that um that this 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 partly um this this slaughter of these priests happened because of him because they helped him out because they took a chance because Ahimelech had compassion so much compassion and um and and and, and so much um he, he could see he could see what was in David's future and he wanted to help him achieve that he see we see he could see what God was doing for him and so he he chose to help him and so David said, you know, come here. I'm going to protect you for your enemies are my enemies. Whoever seeks your life, is, is whoever seeks my life seeks your life. Whoever seeks your life seeks my life. And so he's showing that love. He's showing that um, by example. And so um, another one 
that God pointed me to was when um, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. This is in John 13, um, 1 through 20. And it says, Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And so we're talking about this, this loving, this lovingness that, you know, we're supposed to, um, to love one another. We're walking by this example. So he said he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God got up from the table took off his outer robe and tied a towel around himself then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him he came to Simon Peter who said to him Lord are you going to wash my feet Jesus answered you do not know now what I am doing but later you will understand Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you, for he knew who was to, who was to betray him. For this reason, he said, Not all of you are clean. And so this this love that we have for one another, Jesus is showing this love by even um, washing the disciples' feet by um, this, this symbol of, of, of love and of care and of compassion and of washing. You know, when we talk about um, baptism, of, of washing um, those sins that, that come with um, your repentance, of a, of a cleaning, of a um, purifying, and it's the same thing when you're washing your, your feet, you know, when he talks about, um, you know, um, dusting off the, the, um, your feet in front of the town that does not receive you, that doesn't um, decide not to hear you. Our feet, we take in many things with our feet, we take in many things with our hands. And so Jesus is saying, um, you do not know what I am doing, but later you will understand. And so he said, one who is bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. Okay, and and, and this again, it it talks about is he's talking about the um, he's showing love by example by this um, by this example of caring for his disciples of loving them to the end, just as we read a few lines ago. After he had washed their feet had put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. Alright. It says, You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right. For that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. And so he's, he's saying, and he's, he's um, of course, saying this in this instance about washing feet, but also everything that he's done. That these are all the examples that you should do everything that I have done. You should love one another. 
just as I have loved um, the church, just as I have loved you, the body. And so it says, very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their masters, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but it is to fulfill the scripture. The one who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I tell you this now before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe that I am he. Very truly, I tell you, whoever receives one whom I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. And so even when he's talking about, um, you know, um, Judas, um, even in, in that example, Judas did not um, treat um, Jesus the way that um, the other disciples would want to um, treated him. And th that love, um, you know, the example of loving one another, um, just as um, he loved the church, just as he has done, done for them. Um, he didn't, um, his, his love was um, in the wrong place. And so that, that love, that love of God has to have to be in the right place, has to be um, done with wisdom and with, with guidance. And so even, even when he's, um, when we, when we go further into this, you know, we, we talk about um, our elders and, and, and our, and our pastors and, um, and others who we share fellowship with having the right guidance and, and knowing um, the appropriate time to do things. And so, in um, John 7, if we go back a little bit to John 7, 45-52. John 7, 45-52. We have another example of this, of um, not being treated the way we want to be treated. It says, um, Then the temple police went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them, Why did you not arrest him? The police answered, Never has anyone spoken like this. Then the Pharisees replied, Surely you have not been deceived too, have you? Has any one of the authorities or of the Pharisees believed in him? They're talking about Jesus. But this crowd which does not know the law, they are accursed. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus before and who was one of them, asked, Our law does not judge people without first giving them a hearing to find out what they are doing, does it? And so, and it, it, it's the same example with Ahimelech, this high priest, um, Nicodemus being a high high priest, part of this um this council of this um this the, of the church of the temple of the temple priests he wanted to show Jesus compassion he wanted to give Jesus a chance and um and treat him fairly he wanted to treat him he, the way that he knew that he wanted to be treated if he was in the same position it says they replied surely you are not also from Galilee are you Search and you will see that no prophet is to arise from Galilee. So they had doubted who Jesus was. And so, if we go up um, just a little bit further. Um, well, actually, that's it for that part. But it's, it's interesting 
because um, you have these people who are just these these um, the Pharisees who just completely don't believe in Jesus. They don't completely don't believe who he is. They completely don't believe in his message. But you have Nicodemus who was who was trying to um, to convince them to try him fairly, and so we know that that didn't didn't pan out that way. But it had to be done in order for Jesus to um, for us to understand who Jesus is. And so when we go, and it has a lot to do with our belief, you know, a lot to do with our belief. And so when we go to Matthew, um, actually Nehemiah, <clears throat> Nehemiah 18. Nehemiah 18, 5, 1 through 13. And it says, Now there was a great outcry of the people and of their wives against their Jewish kin. For there were those who said, With our sons and our daughters, we are many. We must get grain so that we may eat and stay alive. There were also those who said, We are having to pledge our fields, our vineyards, and our houses in order to get grain during the famine. And so this is, they had just returned from, from Babylon. And so they are in um, Jerusalem. And so some of the people are, are um, reduced to um, they're reduced to um, something like a slave, which is um, I forget the, the word for it um, indentured servants. Some of these people were indentured servants, and so they're starting to um, protest against this indentured servitude and having to pay taxes to, to people. Um, who were who were living there beside them, and some of them, a lot of them, were their own um, people who who were related to them, other um, people who were Jews who were related to them, and it says, and there were those who said, we are having to borrow money on our fields and vineyards to pay the king's tax. Now our flesh is the same as that of our kindred, our children are the same as their children, and yet we are forcing our sons and daughters to be slaves. And some of our daughters have been ravished. We are powerless, and our fields and vineyards now belong to others. I was very angry when I heard their outcry and these complaints. After thinking it over, I brought charges against the nobles and the officials. I said to them, You are all taking interest from your own people. And I called a great assembly to deal with them and said to them, As far as we are able, we have brought back our Jewish kindred who had been sold to other nations. But now you are selling your own kin who must then be bought back by, um, bought back by us. They were silent and could not find a word to say. So I said, The thing that you are doing is not good. Should you not walk in the fear of our God to prevent the taunts of the nations, our enemies? Moreover, I and my brothers and my servants are lending them money and grain. Let us stop this taking of interest. Restore to them this very day their fields, their vineyards, their olive orchards, and their houses, and the interest on money, grain, wine, and oil that you have been exacting from them. Then they said, We will restore everything and demand nothing more from them. We will do as you say. And I called the priest and made them take an oath to do as they had promised. I also shook out the fold of my garment and said, So may God shake out everyone from house and from property who does not perform this promise. Thus may they be shaken out and emptied. And all the assembly said, Amen, and praised the Lord, and the people did as they had promised. 
And so, it, you know, it's interesting because um, we talked about this before. We we all have jobs. We all have um, things that we have to do day to day, you know, and a lot of times that comes down to or to our jobs. And um, this, this happens a lot in, in banks and other places like this. You know, we have to love one another. We have to have compassion um, for one another. We have to live that example of Jesus. Jesus is saying to love one another. Love one another just as I've loved you. And so when it comes to that love, we have a responsibility to choose to do the right thing. And in, in, in this, in this um, example, the, um, the Jewish people who were living there at the time in Jerusalem were enslaving their own people. They were slaving their own people. They were poor and they were enslaving their own people um, given by giving them jobs and making them um, work extra for the wages and, 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 be, and when they couldn't pay for things, they were enslaving their, um, their children. And so, you know, we deal with this today on our jobs when um, there are things there are there. We can go the extra mile to help each other. We can go the extra mile to um, to push each other forward in life. And so when he's saying to love one another, just as I have um, loved you, this is the, these are some of the examples that we have to think about that we can um reach out that we can go the extra mile that we can be that example he's saying be the example when he washed the disciples feet he said I'm setting an example for you and so even I just turned to a, to a scripture in, um, in John 8 31 God is, is speaking. He said, "Then Je it says, true disciples, then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. They answered him, we are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. Who do you mean by saying you will be made free? The Jews were just, we were just talking about Nehemiah freeing the, the slave the jews being freed from 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 a, a sort of indentured servitude of slavery jesus answered them very truly i tell you everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin the slave does not have a permanent place in the household the son has a place there forever so if the son makes you free you will be free indeed i know that you are descendants of abraham yet you look for an opportunity to kill me because there is no place in you for my word i declare what i have seen in the father's presence as for you you should do what you have heard from the father and so he's saying to believe in him and to also follow in this, in this example, continue in my word, follow my example, love one another just as I have loved you all the way until the end. And, and you know, for, for you know, um, we run into people who are not so familiar with the scriptures, they can start there. They, they may not be so familiar with the scriptures, they can just start there by loving one another, by loving one another and believing, believing in Jesus. And then going from there and repenting, you know, they might not know how to repent, but they can start by the, um, with the love. They can start with the belief. You know, he's saying that this is the this is the golden rule. This is the that the that the love for one another is doing to, uh, unto others as you have done to them is the golden rule, and loving one another is the new commandment. And so, even when you go back and you um, look at the high priest, you see these different people and these examples of Ahimelech and um, Nehemiah and David they understood this they understood it because they had this relationship with him 
they had this relationship with him that was similar to the disciples' relationship. They understood what they had to do. They understood that. And so when we go to um, Matthew 18, 12 through um, 13, or 12 through, or 10 through 22. I'm sorry, 12 through 22. It says, Take care that you do not despise one of these little ones. So he's talking about the children. For I tell you in heaven, their angels continually see the face of my Father in heaven. That means that, they're, that they're, those angels are constantly in communication. They are constantly watching. They're constantly um, reporting back to, to God what's going on. What do you think? If a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? So if you're treating each other as you want to be treated, you're going to go look for that that missing sh that missing um, sheep. If if you got lost, you will want somebody to come and bring you back. And so we've 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 all we've all been there in one way or another. And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he rejoices over it more than over the ninety-nine that never went astray. So it is not the will of your Father in heaven that one of these little ones should be lost. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or, or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence or, of two or three witnesses. If we go back to the um, the Old Testament, it talks about that. It has to be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven again. Truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among you. So when we, when we even when we look at um, the scripture, we, when we go back to um, John 13, 31 and 35, when he's saying to love one another just as I love you, if we are in, um, in unison, if we are one and we are um, agreeing on anything and praying together, and um, praying in under Jesus' name, many things could be done. He's saying that many things could be done. Whatever you bound, bound, bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so, the very last scripture that he pointed me to, and relates directly to this, is we're treating each other the way we want to be treated. If we know that we have a disagreement, we have to come together to, to, um, to come to an understanding. Walking in Jesus' example, and not having any uh, any animosity, and, and not uh, allowing us to 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 um, go into sin and not go any further, because if we go any further, we go into anger and we go into to other things um, like that, that we we go into sin. And so we go to First um, Corinthians. First Corinthians 12, 12, 12 through 31. One body, 
with many members. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, and so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, so that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would that hearing where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our most respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. And so we have to have the same care for one another. We have to have the same care for our children. We have to have the same care for um, <clears throat> people who... Um, maybe um that we that we come across on day to day that that may do um work a certain job or, or do a certain thing and we can't let we can't let <clears throat> positions or um appearances um let um that cause to cause us to to be lacking in love for one another if one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but strive for the greater gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. And so Jesus is saying to, to walk in my example. I will show you a more excellent way. Love each other just as I have loved you. Treat each other the way that you will want to be treated. You are all of the body of Christ and individual members of it. And so even when we when we're talking about um you know other churches and um slight differences in beliefs we still have to have love for one another everyone has um a message there's always something to be to be um, shared there's always something to be learned and so you know we can't lose love for one another in any type of way because we disagree slightly on something and we, we have to understand as God put this on my heart to really talk about this, about the, the different, some of the different churches. And that we, we have to become one. We have to, um, to, to, to know that the, the, that the oneness of these, of these churches, and it comes from the same, same place. It comes from the body, it comes from the body of Christ. And so we can't, um, feel offended when there's a difference in opinion. We can't feel, um, offending when there's a um a difference in, in outlook we can't lose love for one another because 
of a, of a disagreement. You know, when he, he says that you must, you have to come to the church, you must present it in front of the church, and you have to have this guidance. You have to have this guidance. That's why it says, the first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power. You know, again, we're not all apostles, we're not all our prophets, we're not all our teachers. We have elders who are, who are teachers, we have elders who are apostles, we have, you know, everyone has a, has a different gift, and so we have to give that same... <clears throat> love and care to each member of the body or else the whole thing will fall apart those all will all fall and our belief will all fall and our faith will all fall in our love we can uplift each other as families we can help each other we can give care to each member of the body to each limb so that we can operate so we can do more to help others to bring them to to, to christ to give bring them to god <clears throat> to show them that love from one another so we're not lacking because in our in our lacking just as um the disciples shared everything with everyone and put it towards the greater the greater um cause for god <clears throat> there's no um there was no suffering involved there was no um anywhere that was lacking because when we when we're suffering when we're not able to help each other there's there's more suffering from individuals and so there's not um love isn't able to be shown you know and, and unfortunately in this world <clears throat> we show um unconditional love um, through our feelings but also through our actions through the things that we do by going that extra mile so when we go that extra mile that faith and those those acts that we are able to to to, to do propels the love further and it's exactly what jesus did it's exactly what he did when others asked him for help, he said right then and there, you've reached out. Now you are healed. You've touched my cloak. Now you're healed. You've asked. Now I'm going to, um, to answer. And so that's where we'll, um, we'll end it today. Hallelujah. And um, if anybody wants to share anything, please share.